G'day, my name's Martin Murray and you're listening to the In The Paddock podcast, where we talk all things farming. G'day guys and welcome to the podcast. So today on the show, we've got Will Onus and Bobby Miller from Ruminati. So Ruminati is a carbon baselining company and I know if you've been following me on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else that I've really spoken about carbon, that somewhere, something that I'm fairly apprehensive about, I'm particularly uncertain of carbon trading in dryland cropping environments. I just don't think we can actually make those gains long term. But this isn't about trading. This is just about knowing your baseline and knowing where you're at, which is something that I think is incredibly important and is going to become more and more important. As we've seen around the world, we've got a whole heap of countries starting to take moves against agriculture and legislating against emissions and carbon. We've seen the cow tax in New Zealand, the fertiliser tax in Canada, the livestock buyouts in Ireland and Holland uh, that we've sort of referenced in the podcast, and a whole heap of other crazy stuff going on in the world. So as an industry, I think we need to know where we stand, and it's great that we now have a simple-to-use tool, what your emissions are and where you are in the carbon space. So anyway, that's enough from me. Let's crack on with the show with Will and Bobby. G'day and welcome back to the podcast. So today I'm here with Will and Bobby from Ruminati. They are a emissions baselining company and basically just trying to learn a bit more about uh, on-farm emissions, how to record them, how to establish a baseline and and why we should be doing this as farmers. Uh, So yeah, Will, Bobby, can you start by telling us a bit about yourselves and um, how you got into the emissions game? Morning, mate. Well, thank you for having us. Um, it's it's a bit of an odd um, pairing, perhaps, for a couple of sheep and beef farmers to be doing an ag tech startup. But really, we started, mate, trying to understand it this space from our own farm's perspective. How can we engage in the the conversation that we're hearing thrust upon us, and I guess prom- promises made on our behalf um, in the industry to measure our emissions and, and make practice change to reduce them. And, and after six months, eight months of, of speaking to everyone who'd take a phone call and um, and flying all around the nation, we, we sort of discovered that there was a missing mechanism where there wasn't the ability to actually, for farmers in a cost-effective and somewhat frictionless manner to capture their emissions report those emissions to whomever may be interested, whether that's a feedlot or a bank uh, or um, an an industry body, and then start to look at how they might make meaningful reductions in in that sector whilst, heaven forbid, remaining profitable. So we we sort of felt like there was a, a missing mechanism there from what we discovered. And, you know, I guess like any good farmer, we thought we'd have a go at solving the problem. Um, so we sort of quickly realised that there was going to have to be a bit of a collaborative effort and reached out to some leading researchers and, and uh, engineers that, that we had access to, uh, and and here we are today. Yeah, I've been through your website there. You've got some pretty heavy hitters that you work with uh, from University of Melbourne and UNE, some just top-notch names in there. It's a complex problem, mate, so it's far above Will and my yeah. skills. <laughs> we need the big boys in to help us. Oh, just just adding on to what we were saying, like it, it struck us that you know there's all these technologies coming out to maybe reduce methane or generate power and farm and all of these solutions to a problem that wasn't understood. And, and by that I mean no farm really understood the point from which they're starting to reduce emissions. 
So it struck us that we will, in, in order for this to be effective and meaningful, we need to understand the problem we're addressing, which is why sort of we've spent most of the time focusing on that, trying to understand what's our starting point. Because at the moment, they're just using industry averages across, you know, a landscape as varied as Australia. So, you know, in total, that might be right. But when you get down to an individual farm level, it's often way out. Yeah. Yeah, and this is one of my, um, like, as a grower myself, this is one of my top concerns, um, you know, long-term concerns is emissions <laughs> and emission regulation. Uh, we're seeing it, you know, in in Holland, we're seeing it in Canada, New Zealand. Mm. Uh, there's the EU, you know, and, you know, they're not countries that aren't agricultural countries. New Zealand, yeah. Canada, their ag industries are massive. Yep. Um, same as Holland. So it just... Uh, I think oh. mate, that speaks to a, a little bit of the um, the perception of agriculture around the world. Um, and, you know, what we think is sort of a bit, bit of a disconnect from where people's um, food and fibre actually comes from. I think there was some research done in the Netherlands recently that um, public perception was had farming uh, equivalent environmental destruction as mining. Um, and... I think that just heralds a bit of an issue um, coming and something that we're really passionate about, I guess, redirecting that narrative. Never met a farmer that wants to just, you know, rip and tear and not pass something on to the future generations. That's why we're all on the land is because someone before us did a good job. So uh, it just it just um, irritated us a fair bit, if I'm honest, and and I guess drove us to to be doing what we're doing. Yeah, no, and it's it's important to be doing this in this space and particularly making it farmer-friendly, user-friendly. Like I've had a bit of a play with a couple of the emissions calculators out there and I've, I've struggled, uh, to put it mildly, because they're not alone. <laughs> if, so you're all, if you're all stock or you're all um, cropping, it, it's half, you can maybe work it out, but particularly if you're a mixed farmer, which... I believe the most Australian farmers are. It's just a, a inter, you know, connected and tangled web, and you yeah. you just give up and go. This is too hard, and walk away. So, like, what what can uh, how how does your system work, and and how has it sort of improved things for the farmer? So basically, the, in in response to this need to measure farmer emissions, the University of Melbourne came up with these series of tools called the GAF tools, Greenhouse Accounting Framework. And there's a sheep and beef one, a grain one, and then goes through hort, pigs, dairy, goats. Every every agriculture industry has one. And so the first two we sort of worked on were the sheep and beef gaff and the grains gaff. We gave them to our data guy and said, you know, they're 25 tabs each. You've got to get it down to one for both of them. So that took a fair bit of um, massaging and a few late nights and a few heated discussions. But basically we got that down to one um, and then – gave that to a, a web design company to make it, as you say, easy to use and really simple and intuitive for farmers. So basically we saw those GAF tools as, as like wonderful bits of academic infrastructure, but but almost entirely prohibitive for the average farmer to use. You know, they're, they're really complex and, and just a big, you know, um, unfriendly workspace, I guess, Excel, for those farmers who don't use Excel a lot. 
So so now we've got that onto a form that, as you point out, grains and sheep and beef on our tool are in the one. So if you've got a mixed farm, you enter your data. It, it's free to use. And, and then at the end of it, you've got what's called your emissions baseline, which is basically a breakdown of the scope one, two, and three emissions from your farm, and then a breakdown of the scope one. So between methane, carbon dioxide, and nitrous oxide. And, you know, we've made that free for a few reasons. One, the, the IP that un, is underneath it is free, so we don't think it's it's fair to really, you know, put a paywall up between that. But two, I think the most important thing is to get farmers to start just addressing the issue. And if it's easy and free, that's kind of removing a lot of the barriers to do that. It, it's only really an investment in time then with records that most all farmers should have anyway. And so then once the, they can start that, then we hope the ball's rolling and, you know, they'll progress through our system with the other bits and pieces. Yeah. I think also, mate, the, the point of distinction is obviously, you know, as Bob said, the, the tool, the, the methodology behind the tool is free. So we feel like if we make it a bit simpler, is that process. But also to give the data a use and a, and a life, if you will, an ecosystem where it can start to create value for the person that's gone to the effort to create it um, in terms of sharing that data into the supply chain, fully permissioned, of course, the farmer owns all their data in, in our system um, and they have full control over it. But there are a lot of people upstream that are really interested in that data and really can benefit from knowing what your emissions are. And um, the, the coming release of the tool in, in a month's time will also have the ability to manage and forecast your sequestrations. Uh, again, so feeding information into the supply chain around what farmers are able to do and what realistic re uh, reductions can be ascertained, all of which you don't get from a spreadsheet. You know, that spreadsheet gets filled out, it's left on your desktop until next year when you've got to remember what the bloody hell you put in it last year and try and uh, make sense of it again 12 months later. So really giving the data a, a value and a life is something that we've been very mindful of and the, the brilliant people that have sort of come along and helped us create this uh, have a lot of experience doing that. And, and I think that's where maybe another point of distinction is that we've, hopefully brought technology in to solve this problem that there's hopefully simplified the process a fair bit right so we, we like going back to the, the start there records and record keeping like it's obviously something that's um important to to baselining what records do farmers need to be recording to to sort of start this process and make sure they've got all the right information to get an accurate outcome at the end of the day it's it's all the records that that any farmer would be keeping. Um, some of them can come straight from the P and L, so fuel, electricity, diesel, uh, fert, super, chemicals. Um, the other one is is the measure of livestock. So we use DSE or in the north AE as as a proxy for measuring livestock. So again, any good sort of modern farming system will have those stock records. Um, as far as the GGAF goes you know you need the area the inputs that went into the crop and and the yield that, that came off it which again you know um, if farmers are using software like agriweb or mobile or whatnot you can pull from that um basic farm records mate there's nothing that they really need to do no. over and above it's just you know probably 
a day gathering them all into the one place or half a day gathering them all into one place. But once you have it, it it's it's about 20 minutes to to put it into the system and, and get your baseline, yeah. So pretty simple. And, and so that's just farm totals, like farm used 20,000 litres of diesel this year, don't need to break it down by paddock or anything. It's just nice and simple. Martin, like I think there is the capacity in the coming version of the tool to allocate to certain enterprises and certain down to a paddock level, certain crops, particularly the cropping. Um, and, and we feel that's important to give greater granularity to this data, which is kind of always our intention. Um, but the rest of it's straight off your PNL. You know, it's 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 really fundamental stuff. Mm. No, that's that's good. It's nice to have it simple to use. Of you know, farmers signed up to be farmers, not climate accountants. And I think the more that we can get farmers back in the paddock, the more likely we are to have people engage in this process and safeguard our industry from all the things we were talking about earlier, mandates and taxes and legislation. That's that's not where we want to end up. Exactly. I don't know one farmer that got into farming to sit down and audit themselves all day, <laughs> <laughs> whether it's carbon or accounting or... You That's know, it. whatever. Um, I don't know anyone that enjoys sitting in front of the computer. No. No, no well, that's, um, yeah, that, that's good. So, and you mentioned you've got a coming tool around sequestration. How's, yeah, how's well, that all going to work? No, it sort of encompasses, touching on what Will said earlier, there's, you know, it struck us that we call it the so what question is, is you know, farmers are being pushed into doing this process called baselining. And say you, say you do it, you do your baseline, you know, they then quite rightly ask the question, well, now what? I've got this number. I don't know if it's high or low. Do I have to increase sequestration or decrease my emissions? You know, a whole bunch of questions pop out of it. And so <clears throat> there's two bits coming, which, which sort of, I guess, again, touching on what Will said, we hope will we'll give that data from the baseline a, a useful life. And the two processes are it's an emissions forecasting or tracking and forecasting tool, which means that every year you do your baseline, it sort of tracks it on a on a time scale. And then from that, the current year forward, uh, the farmer can basically use this tool that allows them to alter their inputs or run scenarios on, as Will said, sequestration strategies to reduce their net emissions. So they can model out planting trees or doing a soil project or reducing their inputs or changing their enterprise mix from, you know, beef to cropping, whatever the case may be, um, you can model it with this tool to see what the emissions will look like going forward, which is what we think is kind of what the farmers are wondering. Okay, well, that's great now. I know my baseline, but what can I do about it? The other then use for that life is to, as Will said, share that data with the supply chain. So, the problem we represent as as farmers is a big scope three emission. So all of the people that buy the food and fibre that we produce um, and sell it on, when they do their baseline, their biggest emission is a scope three. So so the emissions that are generated on farm by us in, in growing these animals and, and crops. And so what's happening is they're starting to get scrutiny from, from government, from regulators and from consumers to say, well, what are you doing about addressing your scope three emissions? And to our knowledge, before Ruminati, there was no real way for them to kind of look down at a farm by farm level and see what's happening on farm. So what are the more efficient areas? What are the more 
productive practices? How can I um, incentivize better practice or potentially penalize worse practice? There's no way to link up this requirement at the product level to the producer level. So the, the, the second piece of tech is basically a platform that people in the supply chain can subscribe to and access the data from their farms. You know, as Will said, user permissioned. So if the farmer ticks the box that, yes, I let JBS or ComBank or whoever is requesting the data, they can share it anonymously or identified. And the far, the people at the supply chain can then start to, you know, take action to incentivize better outcomes at the farm level. Yeah, right. So we're hoping that in the end, we may be actually be able to get a premium for the low emission beef or low emission wheat or... You know, it's, it's either a, a premium or an avoided discount, which is kind of the same thing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'll yeah. be a price game. Or, you know, or it may just be that the data forms, you know, the basis for the story, which we can then tell to consumers. But but either way, we can't do anything without the data. You know, we're, we're, we're shooting in the dark there. Correct. And even just at like a policy level, um, like uh, mentioned off camera, just carbon for me in emissions is one of the, the biggest unknowns that leave me worried as a producer. You know, mm. drought you can manage for. The, yeah. This, the, the, I, I can't really manage for it because, well, one, I don't know my own baseline and and yeah. two, I don't know what could happen tomorrow, what could happen next year, what could happen in five years in terms of policy. I think it's, therein lies a great opportunity, Martin, to get on the front foot and, and I think um, most producers are... are very much of the same opinion as you. I don't. I we don't. We don't feel like there's a great sense of um, understanding further up the supply or food chain to the policy level either, because this information doesn't exist. And I think there's a a really great opportunity for producers to be proactive and produce this data and say, hey, look, we are addressing our emissions. You know, just like every other sector, be that transport or mining, everyone's having to do their bit. Um, the first bit is to know where you're at today and start to tell this narrative, which, again, most producers generationally have been planting trees and looking after the landscape. Um, we just haven't had a way of capturing and reporting that. And, and that's really what we hope to do is to be a scoreboard for our industry to allow not only people, stakeholders in our industry, but people outside of our sector to see the efforts that go on and, and tell a very different story. And that's, I mean, in a perfect world is, is you know, if we get all farms baselined and, and moving towards, you know, better mission outcomes, it allows, you know, our policymakers to say, hey, here's what's happening on farm level in Australia. They've all measured, they all know their baseline, they're all making plans for reductions. We don't need to, to put in place draconian measures like taxes or regulations they're addressing the problem on their own. So, so we're hoping self-regulation will, or self-reporting and regulation mm -hmm. will hope avoid government regulation. Yeah, and that's it. And I think, I, well, there wouldn't be a producer in Australia that wants to end up with a fertiliser tax like <laughs> Canada or a cow tax like New Zealand. It's, yeah. and it makes it, it jeopardises the whole food system if, we, if we're penalising producers for um, doing what they set out to do. Uh, it, it jeopardises a range of other things which I don't think policymakers are really considering. 
But it's also, I mean, you take the case of the Netherlands, right? They've just passed a, a bill for 2.4 billion euros to buy back roughly 3,000 farms, mainly dairy farms, right, for, to, for the nitrous oxide. But the Dutch aren't going to stop eating cheese and drinking milk and consuming yogurt, right? So all they're doing is exporting those emissions to neighbouring countries mm. that probably have less environmental controls, which is also inflationary because they've now got to ship it in, which is more emissions <laughs> to feed the, the Dutch consumer because these sort of um, virtue signaling policymakers want to get re-elected. You know, I, I hate far, to be so. Far better to, you know, incentivize producers to do a better improve, job. Yeah, do a better job. Uh, plant trees, improve practice, improve intensity and allow them to um, thrive in the environment that they're already operating yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, if you if you take a global perspective, that would have been better to export. Dutch farmers are the most efficient, yeah, amongst the, the most efficient oh, yeah. because it's such a small country, right? So that would have been better to export Dutch farmers to, to inefficient countries <laughs> and teach them how to farm better, more, more emissions intensive, less emissions intensive as opposed to what they've done. But look, either way, this is happening in, in the Netherlands. There's legislation in France. It's all over Europe. Ireland. Ireland, Canada. And and we, we tend to follow those countries. So, you, you know... It's, and we supply them, you know. So, you know, the other piece, man, is that yeah, with true. the information that we're collating, it also ensures market access. Because you can bet your bottom dollar if they're getting rid of the Dutch farmers, they're not about to buy a product that doesn't meet, meet a certain standard from Australia. Correct. And and I presume that is how it's reported. It's reported in, you know, emissions per tonne of wheat, emissions per tonne of beef type thing because and not just total farm emissions. Correct. So the coming version of the tool will have a range of intensity metrics. Um, and then, as Bob said, what we call the, the dashboard product will also have a number of tiles, which looks at everything from clean wool and micron down to nutrient density of different um products uh, from seed and grain oil. So it's an evolving process, but um, certainly one that we feel is is paramount in, in delivering the products. No, I'd certainly say so, particularly, yeah, as you said, it's just seems to be where the policy world is going and we need to be on the on the front foot. 100%. Well, how do you see it, Martin, from, from your vantage point, talking to lots of farmers? Is it a growing concern that, that you see in, in, in your podcast and in your work? Look, it, it is in circles. Um, you know, there's, there's a group of guys that are out there and really interested in it and uh, trying to, you know, work out how this will affect them, how it may affect them. You know, there's, there's a group that have seen what's happened overseas and just gone... Oh geez, I hope that doesn't happen here. But what can I do? And then, of you know, you've, you've probably got the, your core growers that are are just well. There's nothing I can do at the moment. Alert um, and alarm, but they're carrying on. Yeah, alert and alarm, but there's not a lot I can do. I'm just going to keep on growing wheat, growing beef, growing wool, whatever, and uh, we'll just we'll deal enough, with right? it when it comes up. Yeah. <laughs> Got enough, enough existential threats without adding another one to it. <laughs> it's it's funny, you know, now that interest rates have, have effectively tripled since we started this, that there is a slightly we've noticed a lesser interest. Like people are more worried about yeah, you know, keeping the wolf from their door rather than saving the world at the minute. But um Yeah, my core priorities have changed a lot in six months. <laughs> yeah. Survival mode. <laughs> For sure.
It's um, yeah, we've just been part of a business coaching program, and from when we applied to to now, I'm like, mate, I'm not even thinking expansion. I'm thinking survival. <laughs> 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 I had Sid Kidman pants on a couple of years ago, and I think everyone's just happy to tread water now. Yeah, yeah just just see what happens. Mm. So, how have you guys been able to use this on your own properties, and what sort of outcomes have you seen there? Yeah, so we, we were obviously farms one and two through the system uh, when we were ironing out the bugs and figuring out the kinks. Um, we, we yeah, as I said, run the base signing process and. and for us, it was enlightening to see, you know, just how big of an influence methane is for livestock businesses. You know, you can buy EVs and put solar panels up and that's great, but it really isn't going to move the needle that much. You know, methane really needs to be addressed to, to, to appreciably move that down. So that's led us to do quite a bit of work and engage with all the supplement companies and talk to Sam Clark up at UNE who's doing the genetics project and, what, what we also aim to be, like, once we get up and going, is a bit of a filtered information source for farmers as well because, you know, amongst the first farms to really understand their, their emissions well, there's not a whole bunch out there that's available to us to make a meaningful difference at this point, certainly at a cost-effective point, you know, like you can spend a lot of money, but if you want to do something that generates a return or, or keeps your business profitable, there's not a huge amount available. Um, there's some great farms like Jigsaw Farms and Macca's Beef on the coast who. Oh, you're well. working with Macca, are you? Uh, we've had a couple of yarns with him. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he proudly crows that he's already carbon neutral, so he doesn't need to measure. But <laughs> you know, he, he knows the space well, so he kind of understands what we're trying to do. Um, so, but look, you know, and they're great examples. But you know, you tend to look at them, and a lot of them in high rainfall country, very fertile soils. You know, and very developed businesses. You know, they're yeah. on time, and and they're 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 very well capitalized. That uh, I think the big um, eye opener for me. So, I, in terms of the application in our business, it, it's very much an educational tool, as Bob said. The first two <clears> or three <throat> times, you kind of start to understand the metrics of what you're looking at, but then very quickly, following on from the conversation we we're just having. You start to do the maths, okay, if I have to offset my emissions, just like every other sector, you know, in my business, I'm up for $230,000 a year, you know. So if we're buying accus and starting to play the same game that the airline industries are, then you really start to stop and take stock around the gravity of the situation. Mm. So it, it was a great eye-opener for me in a really precise and quick way to get a baseline and then do some back of the envelope mass if I had to offset. Um, it's a pretty sobering realization. Yeah, yeah, I had that sobering realization I mentioned before. I had played with a couple of those tools. And when I first played with it, that would have been 2021. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we were growing uh, we were growing um, barley behind a failed canola crop on half the farm. Yep. And we so not a lot of fertilizer was applied because it still had a stack under it from the year before. And then we were trading cattle on a uh, brassica vetch forage on the other half of the farm. And yeah, the if I had to buy accus for those cows, it was not going to be profitable. Yeah, no, no there goes your margin and, and then some. And, and, and look, then some, yeah. You know, the politicians have all said thus far that they're not going to tax Australian farmers. 
but you know you, you won't blame us for exercising caution, <laughs> taking politicians at their word. Yeah, and look, I don't think it's their fault. They just get pressured into to doing stuff, right? But I, I think it would behoove us, as Will said, to to understand what our liability is, even though it's theoretical and fictional. It's still big, and you know it, any measure that comes in to start to tax that as a penalty to incentivize us to change practice is going to wipe margin off the bottom line. Clear as that. Yeah, and I think that is, is something that we are definitely going to have to look at as as growers to try and we'll just know where those risks are to your business yep. and then try and develop strategies to implement so you can mitigate them if yeah, something comes in. Yep. I mean, the other interesting one too, just finishing off on that question, is like, you know, the, the most clear measurable thing you can do, right, is plant trees, whether it's, you know, fast-growing gums or radiated pine. And a lot of that has a co-benefit for your business anyway. You know, if you're running a sheep enterprise, wind breaks and increased lamb survival and increased biodiversity and 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 whatnot. So that, that there's a, a lot to be said for co-benefits of the things that also create a, a better environmental outcome. You know, everyone knows that soil that's rich in organic carbon is good soil, holds more water, cycles nutrients better, grows more grass. Um, same with trees. So... It's not like these activities that oh, I have to sacrifice yeah. all this production to Ooh. to reduce emissions. You know, th- there's a real co-benefit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's oh, look, we've I've identified areas in our place that if we had to, we possibly could. But there are uh, you know there are areas we've identified for that because they're not much good for anything else. And even yeah. planting trees is going to be fairly hard going. There's a lot of basalt rock through it. <laughs> right okay but no it's um it's certainly something that's yeah that uh that growers need to be aware of so if they want to start start on their baseline um they've got that data there where do they go how do they sign up www.ruminati.com.au uh, it's a simple process you click up set an account you can use your google login or or set one up with us uh, it's all free, and then basically you type in your address and it pulls up your farm. You select your your farm and, um, by by clicking on the lot and DPs, which pop up. And then it's made, it's, it's very simple, very straightforward, just a simple data entry process to, to fill it out. And um, and then in uh, will roughly a month, six weeks, we'll have the second version available. So if you've got your baseline, you've, you've done that bit, you'll be alerted to the next bit which is a subscription model so it's uh at this point 500 bucks a year to access the subscription bit which is all the ip around what you can do to reduce your emissions and and then uh be able to share with the supply chain partners once they're on board yeah and and i think we should throw down the challenge to all your listeners mate the the current land speed record to doing a baseline is nine and a half minutes uh, so if anyone wants to take on the challenge, uh, that was done by a, a region bloke that didn't have a lot of inputs, to be fair. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, that was um, that's the current record. That's impressive. That is because yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was a few hours to do those those other <laughs> ones that I've tried. Yeah, um, no, no, they're tough. They're tough. Um, so yeah, so that's that's where we're at, mate. It, it's. Free and easy, takes 20 minutes of your time. Um, any dramas, you just send an email or call the number and we'll help you through it. Um, and and there's some, you know, exciting stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. 
All right, no, that's good. It's good. We'll be keeping an eye out. Yeah. Before we so go, Bruce, anything else you want to add? No, mate. I think thank thank you very much for for, for your interest. It's um this might be one of the first few uh you know bits of media we've done and it's um yeah it's great to jump online and have a yarn oh it's good to be ahead of the curve <laughs> hopefully thought later mate oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, worries right well yeah thanks for your time and, and thanks for coming on it's been great and once again if anyone yeah wants to start baselining their their business ruminati.com.au that's it mate we'll see thank, you there thank you thanks martin cheers so once again, I just want to thank Will and Bobby for coming on the show. I found it to be incredibly insightful and I went straight to ruminati.com.au after that conversation, had a bit of a play. And as they said, it's quick, easy, it's simple. Everything's there in one site. You don't have to flick through 10 million tabs on different Excel spreadsheets. It's very easy to sit down and work it out. And you will find it Probably shocking, to be honest, particularly if you run cattle. If you had to start buying carbon credits to uh, counteract those emissions at $35 a ACU, uh, you're going to be hurting. But uh, that's a conversation for a whole nother day. Anyway, so until next time, make sure you check us out. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, In The Paddock Podcast. And um, until next time, keep at it.